Hello and welcome to the Men You Are Not Alone podcast, episode 8. This was this one is entitled, Be Still and Be Quiet. And I mean that in a pleasant sense, not a derogatory sense. I don't mean shut up. What I am referring to is being still, being quiet, and reflecting. And I'm going to touch on these on this later <clears throat> in my podcast because I devoted at least some significant portion of my book to the importance of dovetailing this into your life as men. So stop and think about the last time that you stopped, got quiet, and reflected on your life. When was the last time you turned the phone off? You turned the TV off? You turned the radio off? You turned off all the distractions around you? And you just sat and reflected on your life? And you sat still long enough that your mind kind of went empty. And then you had some clarity about where you've been, where you're going, where you are now. It's a critical part of our journey as men. Because we are doers. We do tend to go. We go, we do. We're easy to rope into this mentality of a lost world that tells us that we're all saving lives no matter what we do and we need to move accordingly. We need to move like lightning bolts. Like we've got red and blues running on the top because we have a a severely injured patient in the back of the ambulance. And we could be going to get some lumber. We could be taking a kid to a soccer game. Whatever it is, pick whatever task you want to fill in the blank in. And it's easy to get caught up in this rush mentality that what we're doing is so critically important that if we don't do it in record time, civilization is going to collapse. And that sounds absurd, but that's the way a lot of things function. We don't have time to be kind. We don't have time to throw a smile, a wave, to engage somebody uh, at the store in the parking lot, to stop for a moment and and build just a moment of community in somebody's life, brighten their life for just a moment. Because we have got to get this object from here to here, whether that object is a person or an inanimate object, because we are so focused on production. And in our culture, we tie the value of our, our, our value to our production level. And I think that's true across most everything. And it's what I think a lot of younger people have become disillusioned by, is watching us repeatedly anchor our value to our level of production. The more we produce, the greater our value. What a broken mindset. Our value has nothing to do with that. I understand the marketplace. I understand bringing value to the marketplace. But that's a different kind of value. I bumped into a friend of mine. Um, Excuse me. I'm not even going to edit that out. These are just live recorded. So I bumped into a friend of mine in the grocery store, a a man that I'm very blessed to be friends with, an unusual man in a wonderful way, in the way he touches the world and makes a positive impact in everything around him. And... 
when he walked over to us at the grocery store, he was so excited. His eyes were so clear and alive. And he pulled out his phone. He wanted to show me a picture. And he had stopped in the middle of the week and made a short hike. He just drove a little ways out of town to a little waterfall area. And he'd set up a hammock down near the waterfall. And he, he, his eyes were, they were like looking into a kid's eyes. And he says, I, he said to me, I spent six hours there just by myself with my hammock. And he, and he talked about how noisy the world, the world was when he came back to it. We were in the grocery store and I know exactly what he's talking about. If you've ever spent time out in a remote place where all the noise of man is not there. And you're only around things that God made. You return to the man-made world and it's loud and obnoxious. There's a million messages being pounded into your head and you're keenly aware of all of those. And that is the power of reflection. Is it breaks you out of that uh, worldly hypnosis. That mindset that you must be doing everything as if it's an emergency. What a powerful deception. And I realize that, that men listening to this, you, you're in different places in life. You have different levels of responsibility. Some of you are married. Some of you are not. Some of you have kids. Some of you are maybe caring for elderly parents. Some of you have tremendous burdens, maybe, carry, maybe caring for a spouse. Uh, I don't know. There's, there's a whole host of possibilities. Some of you have a lot of money. Some of you don't even eat meat right now because you can't buy it. And you live off ramen and eggs. And I've been there plenty of times. So it may look different. The ability to be quiet, be still, and reflect. You may not be able to jump in the a car you don't own, drive to a place that's not within striking distance of you because of your geographical location. But you can be still, be quiet, and reflect in your yard. You could you could do it on a front porch. You could sit in a chair in your house, your apartment. If you live in a tent, you could certainly do it there. I don't know what it looks like for you. When I was a forest ranger, I used to, when I got kind of overwhelmed or exhausted, I would go sit by a stream. And if you've never been at streams high up in the in, in the Rockies, they're they're gorgeous. Most of them are not that big. With a good running start, you can jump over them. They're crystal clear. They're full of brookies and browns. Most of them are maybe a foot deep or less, so you can see all the fish in them. And I used to sit down next to a stream where the water was flowing. And even if I was, you know, ramped up, I did eight years in wildland fire. And so coming off of those fires, I'd be exhausted, but I'd also be kind of uh, ramped up from adrenaline. And... I would make myself sit sit next to a, that stream or that river until I no longer heard the water. And I don't know why it is the way it is. But there would come a point sitting next to that water where I would stop hearing it. 
And then at some point later, I would realize I hadn't heard the water in a long time and I couldn't remember how long ago it was. But the most wonderful thing would happen and it was like my brain took a bath. And whatever I was concerned about or ramped up about, it's like my spirit was soothed. Like all the noise of everything, all the the noise of that screamed that I was very self-important, faded off into the distance and no longer existed. And that is important to do as men. For you, it may, I don't live in the Rockies anymore. I miss them, but I don't live there anymore. So I have to go do something else. I put a, I have a fire in my backyard. I just burn some wood in my backyard and I sit in a chair. And it's the same thing with being around a fire. There's a point where the noise of the world just shuts off. But I, would, I want to encourage you as men, turn off the phone. Set aside some time. Turn off the radio. Turn off the TV. Turn off the world. If you have kids, you may not be able to do this very often. If you have young kids. But if you're married, you and your spouse need to help each other to have time where you can set aside and be still and be quiet and reflect on your life. It's healthy for you. It's healthy if you're married. It's healthy for both you and your spouse. It's important for kids, but it's harder to get kids to do that. They'll do it around a fire. Or they'll do it fishing. Whatever it is that, that, that helps you to disengage and shut the world down, you need to do that sometimes. This morning I'm going to a funeral for a friend of mine who was caught up in all the hustle and bustle. He was a really high producer. Go, go, go. But about 18 months, two years ago, he started shifting his life. He and I stopped talking about work. It was great. And we would talk once every week or week and a half on the phone. He was one of my subs. And, uh, not subscriber, a, a subcontractor. Sorry, I forget about the YouTube world and all this social media stuff. I don't live in that world. I live in like the three-dimensional, tangible world where people exist and they're real. And you can shake their hand. And he started unplugging from some of that chaos, started answering his phone less. And when he and I talked on the phone, we would talk for a good while, but it really wasn't about work. It was about reordering our lives, reassessing the priorities in life, what we believed about our own importance. No, not our own importance. The importance of the tasks to which we were assigned. Were they worth sacrificing the critical for the important? And I guess that's really what it comes down to is when you're when you're still and you're quiet and you reflect, you're able to discern the difference between critical and important. And there's a lot of stuff on the important list that never gets done. But when we lose touch with the critical list, that's when we find ourselves depressed and feeling lonely, sitting in our house, thinking that what's going to help us is to drink more, to work more to buy more, 
to do all these things that create a bigger hole in us and leave us emptier than when we started. And I see that in so many men, but I don't see them stopping to reflect on their life. And so that's why I wanted to record this this morning. And my friend whose funeral I'm going to this morning, I watched God sort of reordering his life starting a couple of years ago. I'm not sure anybody else knew why he wasn't answering his phone hardly anymore. But it's because he had reevaluated his life. He had stopped and he had reflected. And he had weighed the cost of letting the important take precedence over the critical. And he was he had reevaluated that and he reassigned the order of priority in his life. And I saw that as such a great thing because I got to watch it happen. But I don't see it very often. And I want to encourage you as men to ignore what the world is telling you. That your value is based on your production. That is such a lie. I understand marketplace value. But marketplace value is not something that people lament when they get sick. I was blessed to work in a nursing home. It was a bittersweet thing. I landed in one for about nine months. And I got to know a lot of people who were not very well. They were elderly. And I got to listen to a lot of stories from people who had done a lot of, from the world's perspective, big, powerful things, you know, from, you know, commanding large naval vessels around the world, like big ships, uh, just big things in life. But those are not what fulfilled them. They all had things that they wished they had told me they had focused on more. And you know what? It, none of them had anything to do with producing. They all had to do with relationships. And it makes me fall back to reminding people that I think if you examine your life, what brings value to your daily life is the depth of your relationships with people in your community, that sense of connection to your community. It's not what you produce in your community. That's just what you do to put food on the table. But when you lay your head down on your pillow at night, for me, it's did God find me faithful that day? And did I invest in the people around me in a way that made them better for having spent a moment around me that day. And if I've achieved those two goals, the rest of the day really doesn't matter. Doesn't matter how much I produced, even if it was a killer day and everything went my way and everything came up and planed above water like a boat and, and the production volume was high. That doesn't matter near as much as the answer to the question, did God find me faithful today? And did I make somebody's life, the people I ran into, did I make their lives better by having bumped into me that day? So I want to encourage you. It may have been years since you got still, got quiet, 
and reflect it on where you're at in your life. And if it if it has been, it's too long. If if it's been months since you did it, it's been too long. And I want to encourage you to take the time to do that. Be still, be quiet, and reflect. And I keep a notepad next to me when I do that. If I sit out by the fire, I take a little notepad with me. If I go sit by a river, I take a notepad with me. Because at that moment when your head becomes clear, your priorities in life, you can suddenly discern the difference between critical and important. And I rewrite that list for myself. I'm able to see where are my insecurities that I need to work on. Where are things that really matter to me? Where am I, where am I dropping the ball in that area? Where, where am I investing my time disproportionately into something that does not add value to my life or add value to the life of people around me? The stuff that fulfills me. The stuff that I want to invest my life in. Because at that moment, it's clear. Because in shortly after that, you, you, you get out of that time of reflection. The world's going to be right there, like a pack of wolves around you, to tell you to forget that list. And that's why I write it down, is so I do remember it. Whatever it looks like for you and your budget and your station in life, I can't encourage you strongly enough to be still, be quiet, and reflect. Turn off the world. Figure out where you've been, where you are, and where you want to be. This is your life. It's a very, very precious gift. And if you're not living your life out daily, as if life is a precious gift, you're wasting it. Or I would argue that you're wasting it. And you don't need to do that. I'm going to wrap this one up. And I'll get into this later in future episodes in a little more depth and how it relates to men. So this will wrap up episode eight of the Men You Are Not Alone podcast. I appreciate you listening and I wish you the best in ordering your lives.